What is up? What is up? What is up, everybody? Got a couple of fun topics for tonight. Repacks are all the rage. I put that in the title, so expect a little bit of a talk about that. But first, a huge thank you. Um, interesting stuff, right? You know, I do this stuff pretty much <laughs> something every day almost. I'm not doing episodes every day, seven days a week, like I was doing with Andrew for, you know, the first two and a half years of doing this. Um, you know, I would say that part of the reason I'm no longer doing that is the hobby's just in a different place, right? I mean, there was something going on all the time during COVID. There was some something crazy, some buy, some sell, some record price, some new company coming out. You know, card prices were fluctuating so much and so crazy. And, you know, there was always something to kind of talk about in the cards. And while there still is that, um, I feel like doing it at the cadence that I'm doing it now, it kind of allows for, you know, things to settle and, and you know, I, I hope I'm not just spitting out the same content that everybody else is putting out there, um, you know, because there's plenty of hobby content and, you know, I want to make sure that I'm not wasting your time. I mean, if you're going to spend 20, 25 minutes with me a couple times a week, I want to make sure you're getting something out of it. But, you know, we use the word value and we throw it around a lot, but, you know, value can be, you know, a couple of giggles, which I hope I provide for you also. Um, you know, some education, some information, you know, some great guests. Sharon by Jada Wolf, if you're listening, it's my fault again. Maybe I'll have her back on. I haven't reached out. Um, <laughs> gotta get her back on. She's great, especially with the lead up to, you know, Philly show this coming weekend. Um, you know, there's always some some great nuggets of information to, you know, to throw out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, you know, every weekend there seems to be another auction, something to talk about. You'll all be inundated within the next couple of days with the Babe Ruth sale. Uh, the card I think was 5.75 million plus buyers premium. So it's basically hovering around $7 million all in right now. And I have a feeling it gets a bit up more. You're going to see a lot of content on that. Um, you know, but today I come on and there's a couple things. Number one, what I was starting to say there before I went on one of my infamous cage tangents um, was, you know, I take it for granted that, you know, when I come on here, you're, you've all already listened to every episode in the lead up. It is 99 solo episodes, including this one. Um, and that you're all caught up, but sometimes it's not the case. I actually got a, a call today from a hobby friend, someone I did not know before the hobby, someone I consider a friend now, someone I've, I've gone to their business, their non-hobby business, their real business, um, stopped by and, you know, and, and got, uh, you know, got the Royal cage treatment when I stopped by the business. So that was awesome. Um, you know, reach out to me today. It's like, Hey, I heard that episode. You know, you really sound down. And I'm like, really? You know, I got some great feedback on episode 98. You know, the C card, you know, want card, C card, buy card, keep card. And, you know, about the hobby and, and what is it going to be that, that, you know, people want going forward. And, you know, and he's like, oh, no, uh, the one I listened to was the one, you know, right after the Toronto Expo. And, you know, you seem kind of down on cars, down on like, you know, the content that was coming out of that. And I and it's funny because I, I, I can't take that for granted. I love the phone call. It was really awesome. It was great to kind of talk. And, you know, even that conversation was an eye-opener for me, and I will hopefully pass the eye-opening that I had on to you guys who are listening to this. This is someone who was at the show. I'll just tell you who it is. It's Vadim. So it's Bagels. There's no, no reason not to not to say who it is. Um, you know, he called me, and he's like, hey, you know, I heard the stuff. Everything all right. You know, just checking in, making sure, that, you know, you, you sounded a little down. I've never heard that. I've heard, you know, a thousand episodes of you. I've never really heard you, you know, down. And I'm like, I'm not down. It's just, you know. I've always said that I love content from card shows because it's different, you know, 
the shows are different. The in-person shows, I, even the local shows that I go to with Ian, I, I sometimes leave, I come back and I, I give you guys kind of like, oh, that was bad. It was the same old cards with the same old people. Or, hey, there was some real good energy at the show, the East Coast National, a lot of cards moving, a lot of sales. And what's funny about it is he reminded me again that in-person is very different than IG, than social media. And even though, you know, I saw it as I even made a little funny joke about it because here's, you know, Mojo and all these guys and they're taking pictures and it's, you know, influence over the way to hell the cards, you know. Um, he said, no, it was a great show. He said people are buying cards, a lot of hockey cards, a lot of baseball cards, a lot of vintage cards. And people are happy to, you know, make deals there, full comp, full ask. Um, you know, people don't really like doing the online stuff, different tax scenario, different, you know, different duties and taxes, getting the stuff over to Canada. Um, and he said just a lot of in-person stuff and a lot of energy and a lot of positivity. And that was, you know, it's nice to hear, um, you know, it's a different show, obviously, you know, up in Canada than what we have here, but the important thing twofold from it is one, um, it's great to have, you know, hobby folks checking in on you every now and again. And what I will tell you is if you don't have somebody checking in on you, send me a DM, I'll check in on you. I'll send you a message every now and again and say, Hey, haven't heard from you. Um, and you know, we'll go from there. Um, speaking of which, I've sent a couple of messages trying to check in on Shy Wave Vlogs and he hasn't responded. So Shy Wave, you're still listening, you know, Shy Wave Vlogs, if you're still listening to uh, hobby content and you happen to listen to this, you have my number, man. Send me a text. Let me know all's good. I, you know, just want to make sure you're doing all right. Anyway, another cage tangent. <laughs> so one, nice to have people check in. Two, nice to have that reminder. And we need that reminder every now and again, too, that the hobby is... Not what you see on IG all the time. It's just not. It's not. Um, and that goes for all of it, right? You're If you're watching content about breaks, you're going to see the best hits because that's what people are making content about. You know what I mean? If you're watching content, you know, and that's probably not what's out there, you know, like, you know, a hundred breaks, that's one out of a hundred that you're seeing. Don't go into a break expecting that that's going to be the experience you have. It's the same kind of thing, right? I mean, people in IG are posting drama. They're posting, you know, the you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. Not as much about the cards. And, and people at shows, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, the way that it is with, with our hobby, the collectors, the people who are going there and finding their grails, the people who are going there looking for a card and getting the card, the people who are going to the show in Canada looking for, you know, the cup rookie cards – or, you know, hockey shields or, you know, uh, uh, young guns. And uh, they're just going, they're scouting them out, and they're buying them. And maybe they post a picture of it on their page. The content you're seeing are the people who are there making content. And they're usually not about the cards. And sometimes I'm guilty about the, uh, of that myself. So um, interesting, fun little conversation, fun little tidbit. And, you know, it is a reminder, right, that sometimes – you know, the IG that we all get to see is not the hobby, right? Um, let's see. It's just an interesting little reminder. Repacks. Man, everybody's chimed in on this. I can honestly say it's not something that I'm well-versed in. Um, and I find myself sort of in, a, in an interesting spot with it, right? Because it is all the rage. It is what people are doing. And, and let me just – oh. I'll start down a path. This isn't prepared, and I hope I don't. I hope I don't do this wrong, guys. But you know, you, you know, you guys know me well enough. I'm just gonna kind of shoot from the hip, right? I don't mind it, and I understand why it's done, right? If if people are buying boxes, 
you're usually not opening a box of cards to get your guy. So let's just start with that as the premise, okay? If you are someone who collects a team or a player, chances are repacks are not for you anyway. Chances are you're not buying into a repack to get your guy, right? If you're an Andre Drummond collector, you're probably not buying into a repack to get Andre Drummond. You're going to shows. You're going on eBay. You may be buying player breaks. You're looking to build up your Andre Drummond PC. You're probably not buying wax either because buying wax and opening it up, it's not the best way for you to get Andre Drummond cards for your PC, right? Now, if you're buying wax, most likely it's you're trying to chase the chase cards. You're trying to chase the cards that have value. You're pulling the lever on the slot machine of a sealed wax box and hoping to hit the jackpot or at least one of the pay lines that you can cash out of the machine and either walk out with more money than you put in or put that money back in and keep pulling the one-arm bandit. Wax. Open the wax, right? Sell the cards. It's not as easy, not as you know frictionless as the slot machine, but it's getting there. Pull the cards, get a good card, put it through consignment, get the money, buy more, or put it in your pocket, right? Chances are with wax, you're not hitting that jackpot. You're not hitting the three bars, the three sevens of the same color. You know, maybe you get some fruit, maybe you get some cherries, you know, maybe you get some fun stuff, maybe you get a hit here and there. And your hundred bucks you put in, two hundred bucks, thousand bucks you put in, you're gonna get a, a percentage of it back. Maybe it's 20% back, maybe it's 30% back. Okay. Now get up and move over to the machine next to it that is a different type of slot machine. Okay, it no longer has that mega jackpot, you know, that that huge mega on the top, you know what it's called progressive jackpot. You don't have the possibility to put your hundred dollars in and get a million dollars like you had with the slot machine you were sitting down at before you put your money in you, you know, that's your wax. You could get that Wemby one of one, right? When you sit down at the machine next to it. This machine has a different type of payout scale. You're still putting your $100, $200, or $1,000 in. But when you put $100 in, they're telling you, if you believe the casino, if you believe the, the people who are putting the machine out there, you know, within, within some reason, you have a better chance of hitting the prize, but the prize is, or if you put 100 bucks in, you get 150 or 200 or 250 or 300 maybe. And there's odds of you know how much you can get. But the, the interesting part is the slot machine you were just at, you pull the slot machine, you can get absolute ugats. You can get nothing. You get tiny little stuff. You get a couple bucks back. You could, you could really lose almost everything in that slot machine. And the one you just sat down in, they're telling you no matter what, when you pull that lever, it's going to get you something back of value. Now. It's probably not going to be the same value you put in, but it's going to be a percentage of that value. No matter what, every time you pull, you're going to get 60, 70, 75, 80, whatever it is in that particular machine. And the trade-off for getting that lesser is you do have a chance of getting that higher one, right? It's a smaller chance. You have a chance of turning that 100 into 200, 300, whatever it may be. Those two slot machines in the casino of Hobby 
are the difference between opening wax and opening a repack. That's my take on it. I could be dead wrong. But if your goal here is to simply have some fun, open, play the slot machine of wax of opening and have a chance to make some money on this, have a chance to, you know, turn your money into something else and continue to churn. You have to decide whether you want to risk having a significant downside for that small chance at huge upside. Or do you want to play it a little safer? Do you want to play a slot machine that has different odds? Odds that you could do okay. You can do you can win. You most likely will lose, but you'll lose less here for a chance to win, but obviously a capped win. This is my best repack. Now, sprinkling on top of that, I think you're going to see some companies come out with repack soon. Stay tuned. And the ones that do it well, the ones that are as transparent as can be. The ones that are telling you, okay, here is every single card in this repack. Full checklist. Hell, they show you a picture of the cards that are in there. And here's the odds of every single one of them that you are being able to pull. 2%. Here's the chase card. Here's the other cards. Here's the grail that's in this that you could potentially get. You got one in a hundred shot, one in a thousand shot, whatever it's going to be, depending upon how much you know money it is and how much then you're going into it with open eyes, eyes wide open. You understand what your odds are. You understand what you can hit. You understand what the, you know, the biggest potential downside is. And I think the companies that do that well are, there's going to be a place for them. And let me steal something. I've said this before, but I, I watched a live with, uh, with Mike Geo from Sports Card Nonsense. I love those guys. Um, you know, they seem to be, you know, neck and neck with me in the old uh, Spotify raps, you know, um, they win some, some competitions with me. I lose others. Um, but he had a, a, a good quote. Um, I've said it, but he said it yesterday in a live. So I'm going to give him credit for it. But basically I believe Mike does repacks, you know, the, the sports card nonsense repacks. Um, and what he talked about was, that sure, the repackers make money, right? But there, there is a way for a repacker to make money and also still allow the people who are buying in to also do well and make money on it. And here is the magic of it. It can't be a lazy repack. It can't just be dump some stuff in there, throw a grail in, and it's done. The cost to the people doing the repack has to be so low that... Here's where the here's where the we're gonna share in the gain. The repacker, the person selling them, and the people buying share the gain. If the people doing the repacks are buying raw and they're good enough at buying raw cards, not just go to a show and buy it 90% comps and sell it at 100% comps and make 10%. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who are buying raw and then grading the cards themselves. And that delta you get between the raw card and the card when it's graded. Hopefully the repacker knows what they're doing and they're buying cards that are grading tens, right? Then if that card is put in, but the repacker isn't greedy about it, 
All right, let's say they bought the card raw for 20 bucks and a PSA 10 is 100 bucks. Well, you know what? Put that in at a value of 60 or 65. You know what I mean? Like put that in the repack and now you're not capturing all of that 100. You're passing some of it on to the people who are buying in, right? You don't have to because what are you into the card? You're into the card for 10 bucks. 20 bucks, whatever your cost of grading it is, right? So you're in 25, 30 bucks for a hundred dollar card. All right, well, do that same process a hundred times and sell those repacks for 65 bucks. You're in them for 30, you're giving a hundred dollars of value to everyone. You're still making 35 bucks on each one of these, and so is the person buying every one of them. Because they're paying 65 bucks and getting that $100 card because it costs you 30 You see how that works? That is, I believe, a way that this whole you know scenario could work. Anyway, I don't want to kill repacks because, like I said, you're going to hear more about these. It's, it's not going anywhere. It's an interesting thing, right? It, you know, There's so much wax out there, and I think it's it's part of what we talked about a million times, the junk wax era. What do you do with all these slabs? Um, you know, it's, it, it is also, you know... Um, you know, a, a nice way of recycling all of those cards through another kind of, you know, um, fun way of gambling, I guess, is the best way to put it. We shouldn't say gambling because eventually that'll, that'll cause its own other set of issues. But, but you know, it's just like opening a sealed product, right? It's the product's getting resealed and you could get this. It's got that same sort of like mystery box feel to it. Anyway, the summary on this as I ramble on is, I don't think it's going anywhere, and I think that the people who do it the right way and provide value to their folks and are not greedy and sort of you know use that hobby adage of leave some meat on the bone, there is a way to do this where everyone wins, right? The repacker wins if they're doing it the right way and they're a little elbow grease, putting in a little a little work on their own, you know, doing the leg work, right? Um, and buying raw and grading and being patient and waiting for it to come back, they're still making their money. But they're also making sure that the people who are buying from them are also reaping part of the reward of that that delta, that that magic that happens when you take a good raw card and grade it and add value to it. That I think is the kind of secret sauce of uh, of uh, of repacks. Anyway, so kill that one. Did the whole you know IG versus the hobby. Last one. We got some great feedback. So we got two little issues. Number one. Wrapped, Spotify wrapped came out. Now, I I have a lot of like Apple and a lot of YouTube and, you know, I don't really get a ton of Spotify plays, but wow, my wrapped was awesome. So I got to say thank you to you guys. Talk about a nice little like ego boost today at work. Talk about like I wanted to come on here and 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 do, you know, 10 episodes and, you know, and, and reach out to every single one of you and, and say – you know, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting me. What do you want to hear about? You know, what 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 do you want me to talk about? Um, you know, a couple of numbers that stood out for me. I mean, I, I think it was like forty seven percent of my listeners are new this year, which you know means a lot to me because you know back in March the format of the show changed tremendously. It's just me. I mean, I bring guests on and and that kind of stuff, but it's not me and Andrew getting into fights anymore, um, which I loved and I know you guys loved. Um, 
and 47% new listeners, it means that, you know, the people who are who are finding this now, finding it new, are sticking with me and, and listening to this and enjoying the format. Um, if you are new, go back. Take a listen to some of those episodes with Andrew. There's, there's some crazy times we had there. Um, and uh, so that was one. That was a huge one. Jerry Petrie. So P-I-T-R-E, Jerry. I hope I didn't pronounce your name wrong, Jerry. Um, he posted today, he showed... Almost 5,000 minutes listening to my content, which for this year, is, it's got to be very close to every piece of content that I've put out on Spotify. And he's listened to it all, but it only put him in the top 5%. <laughs> so he's like, I don't know who it is who's out there listening to more, but I got to meet him because that's impressive that they found a way to listen more. Um, I am in the top five listen to podcasts of like six or seven hundred of you which is amazing because i know there's a lot of hobby podcasts out there and i know you guys listen to a lot of stuff um so that's amazing and there's like a hundred of you or so that i'm your number one podcast which i'd love if you're listening to this and you probably are because if i'm your number one podcast you are i need each and every one of you to send me a dm and send me a picture Showing that I'm the top. Look at Jerry's uh, story. He posted it. I'll repost every one of those. But if you send me that, I'm going to send you something. All right? I'm going to send you something as a thank you. Because that's amazing, right? The fact that I'm being streamed in 25 different countries is just a ridiculous thing. I was laughing about it today. Anyway, enough about the, the rap stuff. I love that. If you can go on your Spotify rap, if I'm on there, if you're within earshot, and you know you do post it. Put in your story. I will repost that. I have to say thank you to you because... No BS. If it wasn't for you guys who were there on that rap, I would literally just be talking to myself. And I probably would still do it because I love having an outlet and my poor wife does not want to hear about the cards at all. She loves that I do this. I thought she would hate it, but she loves it because she'd rather me talk to you guys about this than talk to her. <laughs> and that leaves me with one one last thing. I got I got a, a couple new listeners, right? Um, you know, from from my episode uh, 98 where we talked about like uh, the old uh, – C cards, you know, want a card, see the card, you know, uh, find a card, buy the card, right? It's, it's one of those kind of fun stuff, right? So the collectible rookie is the, the dude's name. What a great post. He put a little story out there. He's like, you know, he's followed me for a while, but he's never actually checked on the podcast. He checked on it and he like, he did a great video. He looked, like my page up above his head and then he clipped my audio in there and about like, yes, I, listen, I love it. See the car. You, so you want the card? See the card? So you're finding it some way. Sometimes you have to hunt for it. You buy the card and you keep the card, right? That was it. That was my, see it, want it, you know, buy it, keep it. It's sort of like, all right, you know what? I have this card, this card that I want to have. Then there's the hunt for it, right? Maybe you see it at a show. Maybe, you know, you found it on IG. Maybe you know somebody who collects those. Maybe, you know, you send a message to somebody and they, they start you down a path to find that card, right? So you want it, you see it. Then you buy it, and then you keep it. Think about how weirdly stupid that is that I have to say it. But now, extrapolate those four things against that entire repack nonsense that I just talked about. You're buying repacks. You're not getting a card you even want. It's not about the card. Because nobody actually wants to go to a casino and leave with a bell or a bar or a seven? No, you're not. Oh, look, I got a, I got three sevens. Let me take those sevens and walk home with them and put them in my PC. No, no. The three sevens equate to a value, a comp, 
some number that you can now, you know, uh, create liquidity out of and cash out and or buy more and roll the slots one more time. We can't forget, though, that the difference between this hobby and those slot machines are the cards. The slot machines aren't spitting cards out for you. If there was, hell, somebody make a Ken Griffey Jr. slot machine for me. And I'm going to sit there and let's go rubies, you know? Anyway, I love that stuff. I love that content. I will shout you out. That is amazing stuff. And that's somebody who didn't listen and now wants to listen. And let me let me, let me me throw something out there for you guys, right? So I just said Griffey. I did this. I'll take two minutes. And, and if you're if you're listening to this and you're not on YouTube, that's fine. I'll do my best to kind of you know narrate what I'm showing. But you might want to jump over to YouTube. It's not about the value when it comes to this stuff, right? The hobby is based on some sort of nostalgia, some sort of desire, some sort of, you know, we collect because we collect. Some people, I collected Beanie Baby. Some people collect like, you know, flags. Some people collect stamps and coins. You get some enjoyment out of it. It is a hobby, right? Some people play golf. Nobody's going out to the golf course. Somebody actually, you know, sent me this also. I was going out to the golf course and saying, hey, uh, I'm going out here and uh, spending my money on greens fees and 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 whatnot. But I got to go out there and make money today. How do you do that? I mean, your hobby's golf or fishing. You know, hey, let me buy my bait and tackle, and but I, I got to go out there and catch enough largemouth bass that I can go sell them in the store and make money on my hobby. No, it's a hobby, right? And it's not about the money. It's about some draw, some nostalgia, something, you know. For me, Ken Griffey Jr. defined the hobby when I was a kid. And I know he wasn't a winner, and I know a lot of people say he's overrated, and Andrew say he's overrated, right? But let me give you a, a fun thing. Do I have valuable Ken Griffey Jr. cards? Sure. Check on that one, okay? All right? The last one of these sold for, I think, like $15,000. This is a Griffey Rubies, right? So it's Skybox Premium, Griffey Ruby. This is number 49 of 50. It's the last one sold for less than what I paid. I paid over 20 for this. But I got to tell you something. This is not the Ken Griffey Jr. that I would hold on to at the end of my, you know, collecting world. It's the most valuable one that I have, sure, right? And it is a great car. Take a look at it. I'm not doing that to pump it up and hope somebody says, hey, I got to buy this card from me. I'm doing it for a reason. I'm going to show you cards that mean more to me from Griffey. And this is the see the card, you know, uh, want the card, see the card, buy the card, keep the card. And if anybody has any of these, please reach out. So when I was a younger collector, inserts were coming out. And one of the first inserts that I remember from Fleer, yeah, 1992, they were in rack packs, right, which were the, the plastic ones that had three sections of rack packs. They were called Fleer Team Leaders. They had them in basketball. The Jordan's a heck of a card. It's, it's, it's tough. It's a blue border card. They had it in football. It's a black border. Uh, Centering is bad on them. They chip the blue chips. Tens are expensive cards. Like, I'd love to get a Jordan, but I was a baseball collector. And in 1992, they started, uh, you know, the 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 team leaders. It's an ugly green card with like a little diamond on it. And I have several of the Griffies, but I don't have a PSA 10 because there's only seven of them, right? But I love the team leaders. Here's what the 93 looks like. Nothing special, but here's one of mine. I got to grab a 92, but here's – I think I paid 150 bucks for this, right? In PSA 10, these things are low pop, but there's 93. Here's 94. 94 team leader. Cool looking card. Again, I think the pop on these is single digits in PSA 10. But again, I only paid – I probably paid 150, 200 bucks for this, maybe even less. 
That's 93. 94 is one of my favorites. 95. You can see the change. Look at that. Starting to get a little shiny. You see the little foil on that? Very difficult in a 10. And they actually took the team leaders to another you know level here because there's Randy Johnson on the back, Seattle Mariners. So it's team leader. They had two team leaders. This one, the PSA 10 Griffey with Randy Johnson. So that's 93, 94, 95. Look at how shiny it got. 96. Talk about the foil action going on there. Another PSA 10, 96 Fleer team leaders. Cool back. You know, now you got a picture of him. You know, looks like a lot of the Michael Jordan, you know, inserts. Look at the shiny foil that they got on here. Team leader. And then 97. Come on now. You, you know, like you're talking about like flare looking stuff. That's a die cut. Look, that card is cut along his face. Die cut. 97 Fleer team leaders. And you can just see how the cards progressed in the 90s. 92 is ugly green. This 93 is, you know, not the greatest looking thing. Look at the difference, right? But there's a nice little run there. I'm missing some. Anybody have them? Anybody want to point me in the direction? This way I can find it. I can see it. I can buy it. I can keep it. I've had these. Look at look at the slabs on these. Forget about the lighthouse label. It doesn't even have the, you know, the, the, the first hologram. These are old. Look at the the, the the search on this. One five. I've had this for a long time. Old slabs. Old slabs. None of these have the new PSA labels. I've had them for a while. So that's one Griffey that I collect. The other one, this is not rare. These were cool. 1994 Flare Hot Glove. Now, if anybody has the 96 Hot Glove, I want it. Anybody has any Hot Gloves? This is a PSA 10. Look at that old label on there. This is not a rare card in the 10. Not a rare card at all. This one's rare. I go from 94. Here's the 95 hot glove. It's no longer a die cut. Look at the difference between these, right? So the flare 94, you got a little die cut there. It looks like a glove. This one has the glove behind it, but the whole card is a gold foil card. But here is my only Griffey, not in a Mariner's uniform, but I had to have this card. Because it's a hot glove, but it's from 2001 Fleer Legacy. Right? He's in his Reds jersey. It's the only one I have in Reds jersey. Why did I buy this? I thought this was cool. It has a piece of a game-used baseball in the die-cut glove. It's a thicker card. You can see it in a thicker slab. So is it a run? Eh, it's the makings of a run. I got 94, 95, and 2001. I'm missing some. Anybody got some hot gloves? Now, these cards, this, one, this one's got some value to it. It definitely has some value to it. And some of these are so low pop. Who the hell knows what the value really is on them? But none of them were more for me than a couple hundred bucks. And yet, these are going nowhere, right? <laughs> these are these are mine. They're staying with me. All of them combined don't even get me a small percentage of the value of this. But this one, I can send off a lot easier than these. This one here doesn't have the same nostalgia to me as these do. Is that weird? Maybe. Who knows? But that's what's fun about this hobby. You collect how you want to collect. You collect how, you know, the cards that, that you're going to enjoy. Find those cards for you. Find the ones that you want to have. Right? Find that card that's going to make you enjoy the hobby. The one's going to make you smile. I love pulling this card out. It reminds me of the packs of these. I remember opening them as a kid. I remember it was a black little, the pack was like a, a cardboard box and you open the pack and if you got one of these right on the back, you can take a look, look for a 94 flare sealed packs. 
and you can actually see these, you know, the seal packs with the hot glove on the back. So it's like one a box. Like it, it brings me back to another time in my life. Nostalgia, fun time. You know, when I was a kid, when I was collecting with my brother and my father, those cards, not as valuable, but have more intrinsic value, more nostalgia, more connection for me to the hobby than some of the other cards that are more valuable. That's the fun stuff that we should take from this. Anyway, there's my whole spiel, right? I try to keep these a little shorter. I'm up over a half an hour, and I don't want to waste too much of your time. But I wanted to come on here and chat with you guys today. I love the Spotify rap stuff because um, I, I feel like I get to interact with you guys more um, and get to say thank you to you. So whether you're in my top 5% listener, 10% listeners, or this episode is the first one you're ever listening to, a huge thank you from me to you for spending some time with me, listening to me ramble, go on some tangents, um, send me a message and, you know, let me know what you think. Let me know what I can add, what I could take away, you know, what I can focus on, what I can do better. I'm always looking to evolve, always looking to do a better job. Thank you guys and enjoy your hobby. Take care, everybody.